one thing I always tell my daughters is the room is better because you're in it. And I tell them that because I need to remind myself that like, just by being like, you can do things like you are worthy of being in this space and, and you have the heart to do the things you want to do. You just have to try. (laughs) Don't talk yourself out of it before you try. Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Gather and Growth. Today, we have the absolute blessing of being joined by my friend, Jenny Roth. Um, If you've been following along with my story for the past couple of months, I, I talk about how there was a day back in October where I got connected with my therapist, hired a housekeeper, booked a functional health appointment, and booked a discovery call with a copywriter, all of which were all just things that I needed as just a sense of getting help and finding relief and some direction, both personally and professionally. And so Jenny, God love her, accepted my my request to chat. And we've been working together ever since. And she is just an absolute joy. I know you're going to love this conversation. So Jenny, welcome to Gather and Growth. If someone is just getting to meet you for the very first time, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you got to today? Yeah, thank you, Emily. I just love visiting with you, and I'm so excited to be here. So my name is Jenny Roth, like you said. Um, I am a copywriter, which just means I help business owners um, write words that connect with their clients and make sales. I live in a very tiny town in South Dakota. My husband and I grew up here couldn't wait to leave. And then we had our oldest daughter. We were like, you know, where would be a great place to raise our kids? (laughs) We moved back. Right back where we came from. Yeah. We're like, where can they run around outside and their bare feet with the chickens and their friends and just get a lot of fresh air and love from extended family. And so we moved back home and um, tiny town in South Dakota, literally 200 people. My kids go to a public school. I have three daughters. They're 13, 11, and 9. They go to public school like two blocks from me. They have like 10 kids max in their class usually. Um, my husband is a farmer. And so basically when we moved back here, I was a stay-at-home mom full-time, really. I did like I did daycare and some other things on the side. Um, but we just had our little girls like boom, 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 three in a row. And there's not a lot of daycare. We live like an hour or so from the nearest like big city with like Target and Walmart and a lot of jobs and stuff like that. And so I just really put my hand in to be uh, a mom. But as you know, when the kids get older (laughs) and they are all like sleeping through the night and maybe taking a nap at the same time, God willing, you have like this time on your schedule. Um, And for me anyway, I had like, I started to have more free time in my life. And I was filling it by like scrolling Facebook, cleaning my house, you know, painting this room or that room in my house. And I just really felt like this, not this. I really felt like there must be something more for me to do. Even if I have 20 minutes to myself, I wanted to be able to do something that I love doing 
it had to meet the criteria of I love doing it and made an impact for somebody else. And if it could bring in a little bit of income for my family, like that would be incredible. I remember I just wanted to make like $200 a month so that I could put my oldest daughter in dance without like freaking out over how expensive <laughs> dance classes were. Um, and so I, I literally sat down and made a list of what I like to do. Writing was at the top of that list and very naively started pitching myself to local magazines to write moved my way up as a managing editor of a magazine and just quickly fell in love with telling stories about businesses in my community and realized that's what copywriting was and seeing these businesses get an influx of traffic when we tell their stories and making that connection. It really has transformed into working from home as a copywriter, which is where I'm at today. I love, I, I love that you shared that of like, what do I like doing? And like your qualifications of I have to like it, has to fit into my life. And, you know, if it would bring in some money, that's so cool. Because I think a lot of times we get to this situation where we know that there's a next season for us. Maybe it's leaving a job or like you said, kind of transitioning from, you know, I have more time. My kids are in school. But then it's like the possibilities are endless. We almost get overwhelmed of like, well, what do I like? What do I want? Like, what could I do? So I love that you explained that process of kind of writing that list and figuring out like, how do I want to spend my time? Yeah. And I literally physically wrote the list. I mean, because you know how it is when your kids are so small and you're so involved with them, taking care of them every day that I literally kind of forgot <laughs> what I what I was good at and what I like to do. And I penned a paper was like, Jenny, what? what do you like to do again? And, you know, mm -hmm. um, writing was up there and it worked out that I could do it from home and that it could make a difference for other people. And I just, I didn't really have a plan for where it was going to lead, but I just, it felt like the right place to start, you know? Yeah. So I would love to hear more about the transition from your local magazine to really starting your own copywriting business. Because I think a lot of times we have the idea and then where do we start? Like, how did you get your first clients? How did you grow your business? Like, what did that look like from a very tactical standpoint? Yeah. So when I became an editor of this local magazine, which really just tells stories about businesses and nonprofits and people in our community, I thought that was it for me. Emily. I was like, this is my dream job. I am yeah. working for a magazine. How much cooler could it get? Um, and I just loved it so much. And people started asking me on the side, like, oh, hey, you write? I have this blog. I need help. Or I have this website. I don't want to do it. Or, you know, I have this email list. I'm supposed to email them, but I don't really like to, you know? And so I just kept saying yes. I was like, yeah, I could do that. And then meanwhile, I'm like Googling, like how to write a website, you know, in the background and like <laughs> trying to figure it out. So to get my first clients, I really, I was an editor of that magazine a girl who owns a boutique in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, was hiring for a writer to write her podcast episodes. And I applied and I put my heart into applying for, for that position. Um, and I got it. And that was my first like client outside of the magazine. And I really realized like, whoa, like I can write for businesses outside of my like geographical area. And the, my favorite part of the magazine was always telling the stories of the business owners. Like when you're from the same town, you can go into the same store like every day for 30 years and not really know the story behind the business owner and everything um, that they've done to get to where they are and just the heart behind their work and all these things. And I was like, more people need to know this stuff. Like, yeah. this is so cool. Right. And so that was how I got my first client. And it really just snowballed from there. I started taking all kinds of classes on copywriting um, and I still always am. I'm always like have a copywriting mentor who is steps above me, like looking over my work and teaching me. Um, I'm always in some kind of class to learn like 
more about the art of my craft of copywriting, if you will. Um, just learning as I go, applying for more jobs, getting referrals from people I was working with to where it is today. And so that was in, I'm trying to think of the year. That was probably like three years ago when I really got my first copywriting client to where I am today. And now I am able to make more than six figures and I could support our family financially if we need, if we need to. Like my husband works and we're definitely a team, right? Thank goodness. But that's always been really important to me too, that, that feeling of like, wait a minute. Like if I had to stand on my two feet, mm-hmm. I can, I want to, I want to know that I can, like, I just want to know that I can. Yeah. And so that's where I am today. And yeah, <laughs> I answered your question. So long-winded. No, no, that's so inspiring and so incredible mm-hmm. just to hear that evolution of, cause I, it's overwhelming to think, where do I begin and how do I, how do I find my first client or how do I grow? Um, and I want to take a, a micro step back for someone who's listening to this and is like, what, what exactly is a copywriting? Like she's mm-hmm. mentioned, she's mentioned a magazine. She's mentioned a website. Like <laughs> if someone comes to you and they're like, what's a copywriter? Mm-hmm. Like, what do, what do you do? How would you describe that to them? Yeah. So copywriting is just any writing that you put out there for your business. If you're a business owner to make connections with your clients and to book your calendar, sell more of your thing, whatever goal you're trying to do to make money, right? So it's the writing on your website, on a sales page, to your email list, on your Instagram, on a blog, wherever you have writing out there. Maybe you put an ad in a magazine, right? Or a billboard, like wherever you have communication, written communication with an audience, that's what copywriting is. And so it's really my job to get to know the business inside and out, the ideal client for that business and to make the connection between the two so that that client can land on your website, can land on your blog and know instantly like, whoa, they're talking to me. I'm interested. This is how they can help me. And for me, that's just such a cool thing to do because I've always loved writing and I did not know that it would ever be something that I could make money and help others make money doing, right? I kind of always thought that if I was going to have work as a writer, it would mean I was like poor um, or it'd be like a cute little side hobby that I would have with my real job. You know what I mean? And so I'm really passionate about it, like that you can make money and love what you do, even in a small town, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone around me, like, you know, this. I'm like, everyone around me is working really hard. Like in agriculture, people work really hard, like physically demanding work. Um, lawn hours during some seasons. And I, so I really struggle with the fact that like, can I make money and, and have a job? I love doing this writing, this little fairy tale thing of writing, you know? And so like to really lean into that and see what it can do for businesses and help them grow while also helping me grow because it's my business to help them. It's just been such a gift. Yeah. And what have you learned about yourself throughout this process? I mean, three years is... It sounds like a long time, but it goes by Mm -hmm. so fast. So in what ways have you had to evolve and change as your business has grown? Oh my gosh, so many ways. And I feel like that's an up and down roller coaster. And I would be lying if I sat here and told you like, well, it was, you know, I used to be really struggle with confidence and I used to really worry about, you know, my abilities and if I could actually do this and struggle with work-life balance. And now I'm at the top of the hill. Things are great. But that would be like (laughs) such a lie. (laughs) Um, So how I've had to grow is like how for me, the thing that I constantly have to grow, grow through is confidence in my abilities to do this and permission that I can do work I love and love my life at the same time that I don't have to struggle 
I know you and I, Emily, have had conversations about the stories that we tell ourselves as rural women um, and the generations before me, like women struggled. Like my grandmother raised like eight children on a farm, like did not have a lot. You know what I mean? My dad has had a business for like since I was 18 years old, farming up and downs. My husband is a farmer. And like, I always tell this story, like he's been farming for himself for like 12 years. And this is the first year where we feel like we, like we don't have to be like our banknote. Like we don't need that to farm. Like we're okay. Like I know farming people understand like know what I'm saying there. So um, I kind of lost my train of thought of where I was going there, but like just that thought of like that I can do this and I'm worthy of like loving my life and loving my work. And I don't have to be long suffering and struggle to deserve money and to deserve time with my kids and to, to really love my life. Yeah. It's such a struggle. I overcome that like probably 40 times a day. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. gosh. Yeah. You and I have talked so much about just those stories yeah. that we tell ourselves and mm-hmm. where they come from and how deeply rooted they are. And even yes. like, rationally when we know that's not truth like that that fear that scarcity or whatever can really guide decision making so it's like evolving into that and I love that you said giving yourself permission like Mm -hmm. that you can do something that you really really love and that you're passionate about and that helps people and financially provide for your family but that's not to say it comes easily like it's come with a lot of you having to adjust your mindset and Mm -hmm. put yourself in uncomfortable situations and say yes to things that you're like, I'm not really sure if I know how to do this, but by golly, I, the university of Google is going to help me along the way. Yeah. (laughs) I think that I might have thrown you in a few of those situations. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely not. No, it's like, um, just like you said, it's that trusting yourself to figure things out. Like I think every day, I'm working on a huge copywriting project right now, or I just finished one where when I said yes, I was like, Jenny, this is huge. This is a huge client. This is a huge name. You, you maybe should, you know, it crossed my mind, like maybe, maybe you should give that to somebody else, Mm. you know, like who knows better. And so being, but being constantly bringing yourself back to that and being like, no, like why not me? Right. Like, um, one thing I always tell my daughters is the room is better because you're in it. And I tell them that because I need to remind myself that like, just by being like, you can do things like you are worthy of being in this space and, and yeah. you have the heart to do the things you want to do. You just have to try. <laughs> Don't talk yourself yeah. out of it before you try. Yeah. Yeah. I just did a podcast episode on that of like that. Who am I to why not me? Like, why, why do I think that someone else deserves this more, is more qualified? Like there are people mm-hmm. less qualified than you doing the thing that you want to do right now, simply because they believe it's possible. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is that's on your heart, not to say it won't come with a lot of figuring things out and mm-hmm. getting uncomfortable, but why not you in, mm-hmm. in whatever that looks like? Hey friend, just wanted to thank you for being here. Seriously, the fact that you make Gather and Growth part of your day means the absolute world to me. You are what is making the dream of this show literally come to life. And if you're enjoying it, I sure would appreciate if you could do a few things. First of all, be sure you're subscribing, following. It's different on every platform. So wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure you've got that taken care of. 
Second, if you haven't left a review yet, I would sure appreciate a five-star rating and some words about why someone should listen to the show, what they might get out of it, what you have learned so far. Reviews help other potential listeners find the show and know what it's about. Last, go ahead and screenshot this episode and share to social. That is some of the most impactful ways that new friends and family members find gathering growth and get the incredible goodness from all of the interviews and conversations that we have here. Again, I appreciate you so much and I couldn't do this without you. So if someone's listening to this and is running a business in some way, or even, you know, working for an external organization is intrigued by this idea of using copywriting to better connect with their their clients or their customers or their community, are there any, I don't know, little snippets of advice or wisdom that you could bestow on maybe methodologies or things to try to like better improve copywriting? Oh my gosh, of course. There's like, I mean, there's books and upon books and courses upon courses on becoming a better copywriter. Um, writing for your business, marketing for your business. But I think the most important thing is to really first get really clear on what how your business serves you, right? So like, why do you care about what you do so much <laughs> that you've dedicated your life to that? Like, why is this work so important to you? Get really clear on that so you can share that with others and really take a stand behind what you say. Because like all the marketing strategy in the world is important, but if it doesn't come back to an offer or a service or work that you are just like, so excited to talk about and talk about all the time, it will fall flat for you. And I don't think you'll keep up with it. Right. So get really clear Mm -hmm. on like who you help and what you do and why that matters to you. And then the second part of that to have really good copywriting for your business is to really know who you're helping, right? All good writing, copywriting, whether you're writing a novel, whatever you're writing serves you as the business owner first, right? Your heart, what you care about. And secondly, serves a reader, right? So what's in it for them? Why should they care? How do you solve their problems? What's different about your process or what you do that your competition leaves out, right? Like getting really clear on your process um, and your offer and how you serve people. Then it's just a matter of sharing that everywhere. (laughs) So leaning into market research, do surveys with your clients, talk to your people. Most business owners are doing that stuff naturally, right? Like you're listening to what your people are saying. So don't take that for granted. Like that's so important in how you speak to your future clients too. What you're what you're helping your current clients do, customers achieve, that's how you can express that, that to your future clients too. And anywhere you're talking about stuff, social media, wherever. Yeah, so being really clear on your heart and on and who it is that you serve and how you step in to help them. So good. <laughs> Sounds so simple when you say yeah. it like that. <laughs> it can be, right? It doesn't have to be hard. That's another thing too. Like it doesn't have to be difficult to have like good marketing strategy, good writing on your website or on your Instagram or on your sales page. Oftentimes I think as business owners, we get stuck because we want it to be so good, right? Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Even me, like as a business owner, I have a copywriter. Again, I was mentioning like a mentor, a few steps above me. She reads everything I put out because I'm like, I'm so in the weeds with this email and it sounds so dumb. And she'll come in and be like, oh yeah, just tweak this and this, you're good. I'm like, oh really? Okay. You know what I mean? So like we get so caught up in our, in our heads that I think, again, kind of like our theme we were talking about earlier, you can prevent yourself from even just starting, right? You can be so afraid that what you say about your business or how you say it isn't good enough that it prevents you from 
saying anything at all. And yeah. don't let that happen because the only way to get better at like copywriting or marketing your business is to just do it and see what works and start doing something and keep learning from that and go in the direction that that takes you, whatever you learn from there, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I just think even back to last summer when I was writing the copy for my website and I'm not kidding. Like I had so much anxiety over it because when you care about something so much, you want it mm-hmm. to be good. You want it to be, I mean, perfect, so to speak. Yeah. Like this is this is this big thing. This is something I've invested in. Like I really want this to work for me. I want this to connect with people. And looking back on it, again, easier said than done, but I'm like, I've already evolved and changed. My business has grown and changed so much from that. I wish I would have given myself more permission to start with something, just mm-hmm. get something out there and know that it's going to change. It's going to reiterate. You're going to get new information. You're going to be more refined and it's going to evolve. So like you said, just to jump in and get started and find someone who can be a listening board to help you. I think that's where you've been so helpful to me is just asking the right kinds of questions and letting me talk through it. For me, I'm very much an auditory processor. I'll get a lot further saying it out loud than trying to type it out. So whether it's a a copywriter like Jenny or even just a friend that you trust, just like, hey, can you ask me a bunch of questions about either my business or the specific project or the specific offer or this thing that I'm doing and like record it on a Zoom call or on a on a voice memo. I know for me that has been extremely helpful. Oh my gosh, for sure. When you when you're talking, I'm thinking about this book. I just read Gina Davis's book. I think it's called Dying of Politeness. But she talks about when she acts and movies and stuff. She will watch her scenes and be like, "Oh my gosh, if I could go back, I would have done this scene differently, or I would not have done this scene that way." And I think that's a lot like you're talking about with your website too, or any marketing things you put out there as a business owner. Like I have stuff I wrote six months ago, like on Instagram or wherever I read it. I'm like, oh, really? That's, that's what I said. That's really interesting. But like, the thing is, is it's like to keep telling yourself, like I, and Gina says this in her book too. She finally like overcame that. Like, oh, it could be better. It could be better by being like, it's the best I have right now. And that's more than good enough. Right. So just do the best you can today. It is more than good enough. Of course, you're going to grow and things are going to change and your message and how you talk to your customers is going to evolve. But it can't if you're if you're not like you can't edit a blank page. Right. So you have to first Mm. just be brave enough to to start and just know it's the best I have today. And it's that's more than good enough. You can't edit a blank page. Yeah. That's powerful. I feel like you need to put that on a sticker or something. <laughs> I don't think I said that. I think I got that from a, like a Jody Picoult, I think. <laughs> so, Somewhat fancy said it first. Yeah. But, um, I want to go back to the mindset thing for a second because I know in so many of the conversations I have, there's this underlying fear, so to speak, of what are they going to think? Or no one else in my small town is doing something like this. Or no one in my family has ever done anything like this. Or this is weird. And whether it's related to a business or sharing online or pursuing a health goal or, or whatever that looks like, you definitely started doing something that maybe no one around you had ever done before. What did that process look like for you? Oh my gosh. Yes. I feel this so deeply. So to be totally honest, I mean, I'm like talking on a podcast. You'd think I share what I do from the rooftops and within my own small town, I rarely talk about what I do to like my inner circle of friends who aren't in business. And 
And that's something that I'm working to overcome all the time. Like my, my oldest daughter is almost 14 and she'll be like, well, my mom has this business and she does this. And I'm like in the corner, like, oh no, it's just a little writing business, you know? Oh, and my yeah, daughter, yeah, yeah. My daughter, my husband will like call me out on it and be like, stop. Like, you know, and so there's definitely a deep seated fear of, I don't ever want anyone to think that like, oh, you know, who does she think she is? Or she's too big for her britches. And, um, oh, she thinks she's so fancy working from home and da, da, da. You know what I mean? So like, I yeah. always have to, um, my, one of my mentors is always like, it's not like that. When you let your light shine, you show other people what's possible. And so that like, you know, I went to Instagram for my main marketing channel when I started my business. Cause like nobody I knew was on Instagram. <laughs> like I was just that afraid of it. Like I relate to this so deeply. And so like my best advice there is that just know that it's very normal and that you doing something that you love, right? That you know is right for you. When you live that out loud, it is so scary, but know that it's so true. Like the conversations I have with people are like, wow, I saw you doing that. And now I, now I feel like I want to try this other thing, right? So yes. it's so scary to live out loud that way. I deal with that all the time. But know that when you allow yourself to do that, you just never know who you're inspiring. Even if no one ever comes to you and says, hey, you really inspired me by what you're doing. Just know that those ripples are out there and you, and you don't always know what they are. But like at the very least, I know like it's my daughter see it. My husband sees it. You know, I know it. <laughs> I feel it for me. And so that's that's all that matters. And there is nobody in your life who is really meant for you that you are going to leave behind by being the best version of yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like you are never going to lose anything that is meant for you that way. And then I would say just surround yourself with people who understand for me, that's my, my brother Brady. I have a little brother who's 10 years old, younger than me and he has his own business too. And he is just like somebody I can sound off to and truly like tell him my real wins and my real challenges. So mm. find somebody or many people, if you can, Emily's communities, <laughs> her masterminds and retreats, like find people that you can share these fears and struggles and challenges with and who you can be very open about these things with, because you'll realize very quickly, you think you're all alone, but you are not all alone. Oh my gosh. Yes. I feel like you've said like so many one-liners that are just, <laughs> I have no words, like mic drop. <laughs> But I think that does lead to something that I would love for you to share about is yeah. what does your daily, weekly, maybe even monthly like workflow look like? Being the wife of a farmer, having three kids who are busy doing all of the things and then growing this, like you said, like more than six figure business. Where do you allocate your time and how do you prioritize what hours get dedicated to different things? I'm sure that looks slightly different on a daily basis, but I would love to hear what that process looks like for you. Yeah, of course. It's something that, again, to be completely transparent, it's something that's ongoing for me and it's taken me a lot to get to a place where it is actually going okay. <laughs> so to also, like, if you're listening to this and you're like, I am all over the place, I, you know, with my time, like, it's okay. Like, you will, you will get there and and even when you make your perfect schedule, it'll probably change in two weeks as you evolve, right? So it's oh, yeah. okay. For me, my time, one thing that's really helped me to figure out my time 
is to, on Sundays, I make a list of every single thing I need to do for the week. That's business and personal. I just write it all down, look at my calendar, have a notebook. I write it all down. And then I just have like this free sheet I printed off of Pinterest maybe. And it's like, it has every day of my week time block. So I know like every single hour of the week. And I put all those things that I want to do, which include plan my meals, do my workouts. Like I'm a runner my health, I'm trying to make my health a better priority for myself. Time with my kids, getting ready for the day. Like if I don't schedule, like get ready for the day, I'll probably just like won't. <laughs> I'll be like, <laughs> I'll just start work, you know? Yeah. Um, and to my work things and to when I, you know, if I take a class on copywriting, when during the week am I going to do that? What activities do I have to be at? I just put it all in there and then I put it in a sheet when I'm going to do it. And then I've had to learn to give myself a lot of grace because I often get that sheet wrong and put in way more than I can handle in a week. So just yeah. constantly giving my, like learning that way. So my weeks really look like when my kids are in school, you know, um, I wake up early. I do like kind of like a morning routine for me. Like it's really important to just like meditate and pray and, and like journal out my thoughts, right? Like morning routine and get my kids to school. I work out, eat breakfast, get ready for the day. And then I work till three. I pick them up and then it's just family time, just depending on what we have to do in the evenings, you know, a couple times a week, I will do a class on copywriting or do some more like business development stuff in the evenings when the kids are watching like their show before bed or whatever. Yeah, but that's really it in a nutshell. And it has taken me a long time to figure out how long do I need to dedicate to work for each task and to not overshoot that and overpack my schedule. And I still do that sometimes, um, but I'm more okay with it being a work in progress and just really making sure like what's important to me, right? My client work, time with my family and just making sure that I'm tracking at the end of the day, like, am I doing these things that are so important to me so they don't get pushed aside. Right. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. for, it's a lot, right. To, to make that schedule and, and live that life intentionally. It is. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that because I just feel like you do have such a an aura of joy and peace about you. But I know that that's come with a lot of trial and error. And I'm sure seasons where you felt really imbalanced. And like you said, oh as you're, gosh. as you're in the thick of growing your business and you're, you're learning and you're changing, or maybe it's just me. Like I don't always have awareness of how long a task is actually going to take or mm -hmm. how much work from idea to launch or follow through is what that's actually going to look like. So I love that you kind of share of over the past three years, this is all of the different ways we've reiterated and here's what works for me now, because that makes me feel inspired. Totally. It just takes a lot of learning curve to figure out like the steps in this process and how long they take you. So just give yourself the time you need. I used to like all day, I'm always like telling myself, you have enough time. You have enough time to enjoy your breakfast, Jenny. You have enough time to work out. You have enough time to have this conversation with your daughter before bed. You have enough time. Because I think as women, we're constantly like, or for me anyway, I'm always like, hurry up, get to the next thing because you don't have yeah. enough time and you've got to do all this stuff. And it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, you have enough time. And um, to just always be reminding myself of that, yeah, it is. It is hard, and but it's worth it. And it's, it comes kind of back to that, what we were talking about, that self-awareness and self-confidence too. Like for me, and I don't know if you can relate, like, as a woman, especially living in a rural community, lots of like responsibilities. And I very often think that I can't ask for help or I take on way yeah. too much and think that 
it's all on me and I can't ask for help. And then my husband will be like, oh, yeah, I'll help you. Or my mom mm. will be like, sure, I'll help you. Or my friend and I'm all – and I'm like, really? I was just carrying the world on my shoulders. Yeah, yeah. And you don't you don't have to do that. It's, it's, um, it's just a really hard thing to be self-aware of, you know? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Where and when to ask for help and then mm-hmm. – accepting it and and feeling good about it. Cause I know a lot of times, like we do ask for the help, just let's say childcare, for example, it's like the kids are at grandma's and you're like, okay, yay. But then the whole time you're like, I have to maximize this time. I have to get as much as possible. Then you feel guilty. And then you like send out this whole spiral and it's like, Mm -hmm. well, did did the help actually help? And I think again, that comes back to mindset. And I love that that mantra of you saying, I have enough time because- Mm -hmm it's really easy to fall into a scarcity mindset around time, money, resources, energy. And I think that this is fairly common for business owners, especially new business owners, which is ironic, you know, leave your nine to five to work 24 seven and feel double the stress, but it doesn't have to be that way. And it, it shouldn't be like the reality is we get to create the life that we love. And I think that where you're at right now is such a beautiful example of that. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Are you blushing? <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah, no, it is cool. And I think too, for your listeners, same for them, right? Like if they, if whoever's listening to this, if you look back on your last month or quarter or week and you really take stock of the things you've done in your life, whether that's time spent with your family or even just like one important task if you're starting a business or the things you've learned about yourself, or even if it's just you accepted help, like you do so much more than, than you think you do. And I think it's really just a matter of stopping to notice that and to, to know that everything you're doing today is enough. And you've probably yes. way overestimated yes. <laughs> what you can do in a day and then beat yourself up about it when in reality, like you're doing so good, you know? Yes. So much. Yes. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Well, if people would like to get connected with you and the work that you're doing, because I know you do have a lot of very cool offers that can help business owners or even employees and other organizations in a lot of different ways. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the ways that people can find you and get connected to your work? Of course. Yeah. So um, my website is JennyRothCopyWriting.com. I'm the same on Instagram at JennyRothCopywriting. And I have a podcast too, which Emily will be on soon. <laughs> uh, it's called Above the Bar Copy. Um, those are the best places to find me. And yeah, come say hello. I would love to meet, especially other women living in rural communities. Like I would love to meet you and connect with you and, and hear your story and what you do. I love it. I love it. Well, <laughs> one uh, final question that I ask yeah. every guest on the show is, what does personal growth mean to you? Personal growth means to me that I am really paying attention to how my day feels and making sure that I'm not just driving myself to do more, be more, produce more, be super mom, (laughs) like not just like putting all those, those pressures on myself, but really taking a moment to recognize everything that I have right now and to understand that it's more than enough right and that I'm more than enough and that I can do things that I never thought were possible and I'm worthy of it right so personal growth is like literally for me an hourly thing (laughs) that I go through so and yeah and I fail at it a lot you know but you like I get up and try again right so personal growth is just trying to love my life and 
and be happy in my life, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that so much. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for your time today. And I cannot wait to turn the tables and be in your hot seat. I'm just so grateful. For you and for our relationship and the way that you inspire women and business owners across the country. So thank you. Thank you, Emily. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing Gathering Growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.